Uh, hi, I'm Cody Moore, the Little Ray of Sunshine at Grace Church, apparently. Welcome. We like to have fun. I hope you like to have fun as well. Uh, it's so good to see you. You might be here and you might be saying, I came here to hear uh, the bald guy, Justin Ross, but I have to hear you. Well, Justin and his family be praying for them. They are actually dropping off their oldest at college this weekend, so make sure that you keep them in your prayers. And so that means that you get to hear me, the little ray of sunshine. It's not there anymore. Um, but I want to start off today by telling you a story of a hero of mine, and he might become a hero of yours. His name is Adam Brown. And Adam Brown is a Navy SEAL. You know anything about Navy SEALs? They're awesome. And I wish I could have been one, but I can't. So here we are. Anyway, so Adam Brown, uh, he is from Hot Springs, Arkansas, and he grew up in a typical blue-collar house. Um, like I, His dad was probably like an electrician or a plumber, like typical blue-collar family. And after high school, he was reacquainted with an old girlfriend that had developed a drug habit. And after a little bit of persuasion by her, he finally tried some drugs. And he tried his first hit of cocaine that took him down a nasty path, a downward spiral that he would end up in jail facing 11 felony charges. And the judge offered him two options. One, you can go to jail, or two, you can go to rehab. Like any smart individual, he chose rehab, and so he was sent to Teen Challenge in Florida. While he was in Florida, he actually ended up meeting a, a nice Christian girl that he wanted to marry and, and have a life with. And they, they moved back to Arkansas, and he, they, he still had a few occasions where he found himself strung out or back into his old habits. And she told him, if you continue do the, doing this, I am leaving. So he knew things had to change. His goal was that he wanted to keep his family. He wanted to keep that girl and have a family with that girl. And so his goal was that. And the only way that he knew how to do that was to find drive somewhere else. See, he was an individual that did 110% effort in everything that he did. 110% everything he did. So he knew, I need to redirect my discipline, my effort. Everything about me has to be redirected. And so he remembered back to an old, and some of you might make fun of me, an old Charlie Sheen movie called Navy Seals, where he was introduced first to what and who a Navy Seal is. And he says, that's what I want to be. I want to be a Navy Seal. So he walked into his local recruiter's office. And the recruiter laughed at him when he said, I want to become a Navy SEAL. And that recruiter looked at his record. Said, you really think that the Navy is going to let you in facing with 11 felony counts from this time? Like you had up to 16. You really think that the Navy is going to let you in? And the recruiter laughed at him. And Adam Brown looks up on the wall and sees one of the highest ranking military members in the recruiting division. He says, see that guy? Call him. He will vouch for me. Adam Brown knew a high-ranking individual in the Navy from his childhood. And this high-ranking official knew Adam was a disciplined individual. And if he set his mind to it, 
he could achieve it. And so he said, let him in. So Adam Brown then started his career in the Navy, and, and he progressed to go into BUDS and into SEAL training. And, and in his training, he, uh, he actually ended up getting hit in the eye with a simulation round, just a paintball, lost eyesight in his dominant eye. So Adam Brown, who wants to be a Navy SEAL, says, I'm just going to retrain my brain to use my non-dominant eye and re-qualify for shooting. So that's what he did. One, it's hard enough to qualify for shooting. Two, it's really hard to qualify with your non-dominant eye. So he retrained his brain. He's on a deployment, and he's in a Humvee accident where the Humvee rolled, and his uh, right hand, his dominant hand, he ends up losing basically feeling in a few of his fingers. The doctors reattach him or whatever, but he no longer can shoot with his dominant hand. So what does he do? He retrains his brain to where he shoots with his non-dominant left hand. So now we have a Navy SEAL out there that shoots with his non-dominant eye, shoots with his non-dominant hand, and he still has the discipline to continue. He still has the discipline to say, that's what I want, I'm going to continue. I want to keep my family, I'm going to discipline myself in this career so that I don't end up back in my old ways. He disciplined himself. Even through countless surgeries and countless other injuries, he continued on. And if you know the story of Adam Brown, he actually ended up giving up his life for his country in 2010 uh, on one of his deployments. But Adam Brown's story lives on. If you want to know more about it, he's, there's a book out about him uh, called Fearless. Just You read it and you want, to, I don't know, you want to go conquer the world and go do something manly. Uh, that, that's what I wanted to do after I read it. But uh, the story of Adam Brown teaches us something about discipline. And the thing is, in, the, that is, in this life, we're going to have pain. We're going to have heartache. Some of this pain and heartache, a lot of it is going to be out of your control. Maybe your company is downsizing and, and you end up losing your, your job out of your control. Maybe you end up in a car wreck that's not your fault out of your control. There, there's pain and there's heartache that will be out of your control, but there is also going to be pain and heartache that you can find within your control. And so let me explain that. We're going to have pain and heartache. Then you can choose the pain of obeying your parents today or face the consequence of not obeying them tomorrow. You can face the pain of studying for the exam today or face the pain of retaking the class later in life. You can face the pain of um, disciplining yourself and living within your means or you can face the pain of a mountain of financial debt later in life. Life. Choose your pain. Choose your pain. So today we're talking about choosing the pain of discipline over the pain of regret. Choosing the pain of discipline over the pain of regret. Discipline is choosing between what you want now and what you want most. Choosing between what you want now and what you want most. Regret is simply being disappointed in something that has happened, whether it was be. Uh, regret because of something that happened in your control, specifically. And Paul, uh, he, he 
He wrote a third of the New Testament. He wrote in Romans chapter 7, and we're going to be in two passages today, Romans chapter 7 and 1 Corinthians chapter 9. So if you have a Bible and you want to go ahead and turn uh, to those two spots, Romans 7 and 1 Corinthians 9. In Romans chapter 7, verse 15, Paul says this, I, For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. Another way to put that is, I do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I do want to do. It's kind of a funny passage. I, I, I laugh at it just because of how he worded it, um, but maybe it's just me. Maybe it's the American language that uh, we get, but I just I think it's funny that he says, I do what I want, I don't do what I do want. I, maybe he says doo-doo too many times. I don't know. Um, maybe I'm a kid. But I, I think we can all relate to this at some level, right? We can all relate to this where there's something that we want, there's something that we want to achieve, but we get distracted. Sin entices us and and it persuades us to a different direction and, and we lose sight of the goal or the focus, the direction that we truly want long term and we get distracted by the short term, the here and the now. And, and, and we read this from Paul, who is, he, I mean, he's kind of a, a holy giant, if you will, because he's a guy that we look up to, and you're like, oh, he, he wrote a third of the New Testament, he has his act together, but here he is reminding us that he is a human that struggles, that struggles with the discipline of obeying his, the will of his father. The, the, he has the struggle of saying yes to sin and saying uh, no to God's will, of saying yes to the here and now or, or my fleshly desires and no to the long-term mission, long-term calling that is on his life. And he goes on to say, uh, verse, chapter 7, verses 18 to 25, For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is in my flesh, for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, and, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do want, it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when, when I want to do the right thing, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God and my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive, captive to the law of sin that dwells in my very being. Wretched man am I, wretched man am I, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And he's telling us, he's reminding us that he is a human But thanks be to God and his grace and his mercy that we can be disciplined in the calling and the mission that God has called us toward. All here is saying is, I want to do the right thing, but I can't, and I am ashamed of myself because of it. I'm ashamed of myself that I can't do what God has called me to do. But thankfully, it is the power of Christ in me that is the answer is, His power can enable us to choose what we want most over what we want now. We can choose discipline over regret. And let's look ahead. Let's look at the progression of Paul's life and 
in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, we see later in his life where he says this. Chapter 9, verse 24 of 1 Corinthians. Do you know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you might obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable prize. And, and let me tell you a, a little story. Um, I have only ran in a race twice in my life. Willfully raced twice, twice in my life. Now, I played soccer, I played baseball, um, basketball. I, I ran in those sports, obviously, but in a race where, like, you're competing and your only goal is to get to the finish line before other people. Only done this twice. The first time, uh, I was probably about fourth grade, Little League Baseball. My dad was one of our coaches. And me and my teammates, we thought, we're faster than that old geezer. We're faster than him. We could take him. And so we convinced him. We said, now, coach, if we can beat you to the fence and back, then we get to scrimmage the rest of practice. But if you win, then we'll do whatever the drills are that you want us to do. But we want to scrimmage. And we kept prodding him, calling him an old geezer, old man, whatever. And somehow my dad, some inner strength of his, I don't know, he beat every single one of us to the fence and back. I still don't know how he did it. I don't think he could take me today. Uh, maybe we'll figure it out another day. But um, he beat us. So I lost that race. I lost that bet. The second time, um, I was trying, I think, to impress my, my now wife and her family. And uh, I, maybe you people in Colorado, you understand this, but I'm from the south where it doesn't really snow. But they do something called a 5K right around Thanksgiving, and it's there's snow on the ground in Ohio at Thanksgiving time. And so we go, and I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll run in that 5K, not thinking, oh, there's going to be snow on the ground, it's going to be freezing cold. And so I sign up for this 5K because I want to impress them, I think. Because most of their family's doing it. She signed up for it. Her dad signed up for it. And so I, I say yes. So we're, we're running, we're running. And I finally crossed the finish line. Now, what you don't know, or you might know, is that I have a heart problem, so it's a little bit harder for me to run in a timely manner. So I run, I jog, I walk, I jog, I walk a lot. Anyways, so we finally crossed the finish line. We go into the gym where they're handing out the medals, the prizes for who came in first, second, third. And they call my name, or they call my number. I got a prize. I got a medal. I made... I got third place in this 5K. I was like, all right, I'm something. Now, what they don't tell you, or what I didn't tell you, there were only three in my age bracket. So coming in bronze, you're, Ricky Bobby would say, if you ain't first, you're last, right? Shake and bake. Um, but I, I finished. My goal in that was simply to finish. I knew I wasn't going to get first. I knew that. I know that I'm running against somebody that probably ran cross-country in high school and maybe college, I don't know. I'm running against other people that ha are in shape, can breathe well, you know, um, but I finished. That was my goal. And so now I have this cheap plastic ribbon with a cheap plastic bronze thing on the end called a bronze medal. And she makes fun of me because it's actually in one of my backpacks and I was like, this is a sermon illustration. I should have brought it in here for it. But uh, I actually hold on to it for whatever reason. It's in the office right now. 
I digress. We continue. So uh, Paul continues. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. So when running, if you're in a race, your goal is to get first place. You're not running for second place or third place. You're running to win. You're running to win. And and the, the races here on earth provide a cheap plastic trophy. Now, if you're in Little League these days, they get you the sweet ring with diamonds on it that, like, Looks like a World Series ring, which I kind of want one of those. Like, I want to go back whenever I was in the league and get one of those rings. And uh, But I have a box of trophies sitting in my parents' attic that are plastic, collecting dust, and will pass away. Where a tornado will take out their house, because that's what happens in Oklahoma, and the plastic trophies will be scattered across more Oklahoma. But we, as Christians, we run a race that is to finish well. We, want, we run a race that is to, at the end of our life, stand in the presence of God. For him to welcome us, us in, saying, well done, my good and faithful servant. Let's move ahead a little bit to some application. So when we talk about discipline and and what you want most in life, what I want you to do is this. Get out a pen, your phone, get out a piece of paper or write on your hand, um, and write down this. Write down what do I want most in life. Write down what you want most. What is it that you want most in this life? And don't write down something cheesy like winning the lottery, that's out of your control. For COVID season to be over, that's also out of your control, like, Write down what you want most. Maybe for you, it's that you want to get into better shape or be healthier. Maybe it's that you want to finally quit smoking or get out of debt. Maybe it's time for you to work on your marriage. Or what, what if you want an area of your life or your business to be marked by greatness? And Jim Collins, in his book, Good to Great, says greatness is not a function of circumstance. It's not a function of just coincidence, but rather greatness is a matter of conscious choice and discipline. Maybe in your life you want most to honor God and to get serious in your relationship with Jesus. And maybe it is that you want a bunch of those things. You you want to do all of the things and have greatness in all of the things. But what I want you to do is pick something that you want most and start there. Pick something that you want most and start there. For the story of Adam Brown I mentioned, he wanted to keep his family. So what he needed to do is to redirect his discipline, redirect his 110% effort into something other than his life and drugs. He needed to redirect. So he was disciplined, and he says, I'm going to become a Navy SEAL. That is going to take so much discipline and courage and strength that I won't even have time for what I used to be. And so that was what he became disciplined in. And it took consistent discipline. He wanted nothing to do with regret. Maybe for you, it's that you want to get closer in your relationship with Jesus. 
I've had many students that they've come up to me and they said, Cody, I just don't feel close to God anymore. So I asked them some specific questions that kind of help the direction or help some application steps for them. So I asked them, okay, well, when was the last time that you read your Bible? Or what, what, what are you reading in your Bible? Well, it's been maybe a month or so here and there. I read it one day last week. So well, there's a step. Be consistent in your Bible reading. Okay, second question. When was the last time that you prayed to God? Well, I prayed um, yesterday before my test that he would help me uh, pass my test. Or we pray at dinner time. Okay, there's another step for you to take to get closer in your relationship with Jesus is to be consistent in your conversation, your prayer life with God. Number three, okay, what about church? Is church a priority for you? How often are you attending church? Uh, well, I was there last week, but the previous few weeks we had a soccer tournament. So like, I'm there full force when we don't have a soccer tournament going on or when we're not and maybe I'll step on some toes, when we're not out camping. Maybe I stepped on a couple toes, I don't know. Um, But make church, make Bible reading, make your prayer life a priority if you want to be disciplined and have the goal of being closer in your relationship with Jesus. You have to have steps now and sacrifices now to achieve that later. Maybe for you, it's that you want to get healthier to get into shape so that you can enjoy your grandkids later on in life. Or even live long enough to enjoy your great-grandkids later on in life. My advice to you is to get healthier in shape. One, go to the gym. Sign up for a gym. Well, that costs money. Get a trainer. That costs money. Get, get a different diet plan. Well, that, buying that type of food costs more money. And... What my wife likes to tell me whenever I tell her I want my Oreos, my Dr. Pepper, is that, um, yeah, I might want that now, or maybe, yeah, that gym costs money or that different food costs more money, but the doctor bills later on in life will cost even more money than what it will cost you now. And she reminds me of the cost of insulin and doctor, pain, doctor bills and all of that. That's what I get for marrying a nurse, right? Love you, Christina. Um, maybe, um, and maybe you're like me, Uh, Maybe this is dumb, but one of the goals in my life is I want to have the best yard in the neighborhood. I want to have the best yard in the neighborhood. And so I discipline myself and do things to achieve that. I water my lawn on a certain schedule, on a regular schedule. I mow it on a consistent schedule, and I alternate directions like you're supposed to do. Um, I aerate it, I dethatch it, I put down the weed and feed, uh, I put down some grass seed in the bare spots. I do things, I discipline myself, I pay for things, I sacrifice in certain ways so that I have the best yard in the neighborhood. Maybe that's stupid, maybe you're like me, I don't know. Maybe for you, you want to get out of debt. Maybe the, every month you look at your bank account and your bills, and you're like, I don't know if this is going to add up this month. And you have to start somewhere. You have to start, and, and maybe it's signing up for the Dave Ramsey Financial Peace Program. Well, that costs money. And it, but it will help you. It will help you. And you start with the snowball effect. If you pay off the smallest amount of debt, 
and just snowball it until you are debt-free. And let me tell you, it is a freeing thing when you are debt-free because you're not looking at your bills every month and thinking about that three to five or $600 car payment. You're not looking at that $1,500, $2,000 house payment. You're not looking at that uh, credit card bill. And the credit card bill is the one that intrigues me because it says minimum payment of like $17, but your balance is like, Three or four thousand dollars. I don't understand the seventeen dollars. How that's eventually going to add up? I think the credit card companies know that they're making a lot of money. So snowball, get out of debt. Sacrifice now, so that you don't have a mountain of debt tomorrow. Maybe for you, it's that you need to sell that super expensive pickup that you love to have, or that super expensive boat that you love to go out on the lake in so that you can achieve what you want most later in life and you don't choose what you want in the here and the now. So choose your pain. You can have the pain of discipline now or the pain of regret later. The pain of discipline now or the pain of regret later. Back to Paul, the story of Paul in 1 Corinthians Chapter 9, 26, 27, remember he says, So I do not run aimlessly, I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. So we see this progression in Paul's life where he is now becoming more disciplined, and it's because of his consistency to get to this point. Maybe you think that since I'm preaching this, I'm naturally a disciplined person. Let me tell you, I'm not. My wife can tell you I'm not. Because the truth is that I want to sleep in in the morning. I don't want to wake up to an alarm or my son crying because he's awake and he wants me to come get him out of his crib. I want to sleep in until whenever I wake up. I want to drink that 72 ounces of Dr. Pepper and sweet tea every single day. Yes, I said 72 ounces. Yes, I said every day. I was the kid in uh, first, second year of college playing indoor soccer that had a big gulp of Dr. Pepper on the bench instead of a water bottle. And it didn't phase me when I was 18 and 19. But then I moved to Colorado, and I learned you have to up your water intake to actually survive here. So I started discipline, disciplining myself in doing that. Yes, I still have Dr. Pepper. Yes, I still have sweet tea, but I drink more water now. I discipline myself now. I, I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want to wake up early in the morning or uh, go to the gym late at night, but I need to discipline myself in order to do that. I would rather be driving that $65,000 Silverado I saw at Moorhark the other day, but I'm choosing the discipline of no car payment now over the monthly recurring car payment later. I want to binge watch every episode of The Office again. I do. But after doing it two or three times, I've seen every episode. I know all the jokes. And I can tell you my favorite part is when Jim puts Dwight's office supplies in Jello. And when he tries to... I, I saw this episode the other day. When he tries to do it to uh, Andy... In Instagram, anyway. All right. um, 
we make choices every single day. And it's been said through this, story, this series that we are the sum total of the choices and the decisions that we make. We don't want to go back into debt, so we don't buy that Silverado over there more hard. We stick to no car payment where our only liability is our house because we want to be generous people and we want to be people that hopefully Owen gets to go to college for free, whether it be because of scholarships or because we were disciplined in having a college fund for him or we want to be able to retire and not have to still be uh, working at age 80 and 90 because we want to be disciplined now we want that then. We, want, we need to be disciplined now. So we make it a priority. We want to be closer to God, so we make it a priority. We want to be healthier, so we make it a priority. We have to be disciplined in it. But without Jesus, we're like Paul in Romans chapter 7, where he says, I want to do what is right, but I do what is wrong. And without Jesus, we are undisciplined and we are weak. But with Jesus, we have his strength, we have his discipline, and we can have his community as our accountability. So that thing I mentioned for you to write down earlier, the thing that you want most in this life, what are the things that you need to do today to achieve that tomorrow? Maybe one of those things is that you need accountability in your life. Text a friend or call a friend and tell them to keep you accountable. Have them hold you to it. And don't pick a passive friend that's going to say, oh, it's okay, you'll get it tomorrow. No, pick somebody that's actually going to have the guts to keep you accountable. And that can hopefully help you be disciplined today for the reward tomorrow. So what do you want most in life? Maybe you want to be a great mother or a great father, but you're stuck working 60, 70, 80 hours a week. Maybe you need to be disciplined in the first 40 to 50 hours in the week so that you can have that extra time for your family the rest of the time, the rest of the week. Maybe you need to be disciplined in that because you don't want to be the mom or the dad that looks back and says, I would give anything to go back and have more time with my kids, but I was too busy working or I was too busy fill in the blank. You don't want to be the one that, that says later in life, I would give anything to go back and fix my marriage or work on my marriage. You don't want to be the one that at your death, you show up at the gates of heaven and you say, I was too busy to prioritize a relationship with Jesus. Don't be someone that lives life with regrets. I remember... I had a friend in, in high school, uh, really, I mean, he's a lifelong friend, uh, Eldon. On the back of his truck in high school, he had this sticker that said, No Regrets. And he spelled it properly, unlike the tattoo in the commercial, No Regrets. He spelled it properly. Uh, but let's live a life of discipline now over a life of regrets later. And when we are truly disciplined in these little things, and what we truly want, we can experience freedom. And to quote another one of my favorite Navy SEALs, Jocko Willick, discipline equals freedom. Maybe you're sitting here, or you're watching online, and you're thinking, what I want most in life is a relationship with Jesus. Decide today that today is the day. 
decide that it takes discipline to have that relationship with Jesus that is growing and flourishing. If you've never started that relationship with Jesus, decide that today. Find me or find anyone that was up here on stage or or one of the people at the welcome table. Find one of us and tell us today, I want to start my relationship with Jesus. If you're online, comment and just write Jesus. And we will have somebody follow up with you this week. Make it a priority. Decide today to place your trust and faith in Jesus and let that be your first step. Decide today that you're going to start the snowball effect on your finances. Decide today that you're going to sign up for the gym so that you can get a trainer and get a diet plan and get healthy. Decide today that you're going to fix your marriage, that you're going to spend time with your kids, that you're going to prioritize the things that you want most in life now. Prioritize your relationship with Jesus by attending church, by reading your Bible, by praying, by having a community group, an accountability group. Here in a little bit, uh, Brooke Mooney is going to come up here and share a little bit about uh, small groups and relaunching small groups. And maybe that is going to be one of your steps that you're deciding today that you need an accountability and a community structure in your life. So you can, when we leave this uh, this day, or th- this service, you can go out to the tent and you can sign up for a community group or get more info on one. Or maybe it's uh, that you need a small group of guys. Side note, men's Bible study. Is it Bible study or men's small group? Sure. sure. Uh, it starts back up this week. It's uh, mornings, Thursday mornings, Wednesday mornings. I am terrible. I'm botching this. Wednesday mornings at CJ's for this week, and then we're going to move it over here to the church after that. But this Wednesday morning at CJ's, if you're a guy and you want to find community, maybe you just want to show up there or come find Justin Osborne after service, or if you're online, write in the comment section that you want more information. Email info at gracedurango.com, and we will get you information on either the men's Bible study or another small group. We want to help you Find that community, find that accountability, find that ability to be disciplined in the little things so you can achieve what you want most tomorrow. So choose the pain of discipline today over the pain of regret tomorrow. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for today. Lord, I thank you that you love us and that you call us your children. Lord, I pray that as we go from this place that we can make a decision for what we want most, that we can decide today to take actions today to determine what we achieve later in life. But I pray that you um, will just speak to every single one of us, that we will apply this in our lives the rest of today and throughout this week. Lord, I pray that you will be known to us. And that we can choose the pain of discipline over the pain of regret. If there's somebody in here today that says, I need to start my relationship with Jesus today, Lord, I pray that they will do that today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.